Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Jay tried to tell you this a couple weeks ago. We're always listening to Jay, obviously, but he said it early. It might be Jamal Murray's team. And Michael Malone, the Nuggets head coach last night, essentially said meeting Jay halfway or more than that, saying we got two superstars. We got Murray, who's balled out in the bubble, and we got Jokic, who had a quiet 22-10. and 10. Keyshawn, Jay, Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Fellas, Key, hmm? your squad, <laughs> lead cut in half. <laughs> Oh, stop, man. We we didn't play well last just night. Just facts. Just the, reporting the, facts. The, 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 One game. The box scores on our two bigs obviously look great. Uh, but the, when you watch the game, it was kind of – it wasn't quite there. Our bench didn't play up to snuff. Uh, where Denver's second unit played better, defended better. They got what they needed out of Murray and Jokic. And that's that's what it is. I mean, you know, what do you want me to say? You're looking at me – I was just waiting for you to finish talking. I mean, so, but you look, you staring at me. So there's obviously a problem with what I'm saying. Don't you, stare at me. You called don't it on stare Murray, at the though. talent. You no, called he, it on Murray, he, man. He said it. that what Jay Will said yesterday on our show is that the Lakers are going to drop game three. And that's what they did. Yeah, he's right. He, he was right. You know, and, and I figured they would win in five, and they're on course to doing that. Game four tomorrow night, 9 Eastern ESPN Radio. Yeah, you know, when I watched Jamal Murray play um, – he he definitely, and I, I've heard people say this, you know, a guy I pay attention to, Rashad Phillips, too, has said this multiple times. He reminds me of Gilbert Arenas. Like, he really does. Agent zero, mm-hmm. very shifty, can shoot the ball from deep, doesn't maybe have the same explosiveness. Um, but, man, the the way he handles the rock, the way he moves, those he made two clutch threes late in the fourth last night. One was on Alex Caruso. It was like a little step back, and it was from so deep. The other one was over Anthony Davis, and it seemed like it was a rainbow yeah. shot. Like he could have touched the ceiling and then come back down. So, look, he closed the game. Jokic opened the game. But don't get this twisted at all. The second unit, guys like Monte Morris, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, who guarded both LeBron James and AD last night, scoring 26 points, a career high, they won the game. They got Denver out to a double-digit lead in the second quarter, and once they had that double-digit lead, they never look back. It was a 20-point lead. Eventually, it was the largest deficit the Lakers have faced yeah, this kn- postseason. I knew we was going to lose, though. When we, they were up by 20. I just I knew. I was like, they, they're going to fake a fake run, and they're going to lose. I, I knew the Lakers were going to lose when Alex Caruso got shacked in the fool moment. I don't know if <laughs> oh, you guys saw yeah, the, when no, they tried to the shoot basket, the ball over yeah. there. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I knew when, when we were down by 20, you know, I knew. I was like, even if we been pushed, which we did down to three, I think it was, I knew I was like, we're going to lose the Here's game. Here's the thing you worry about sometimes with the Lakers. And look, I, I'm not worried about the Lakers. The Lakers, if the Lakers get down 3-2, to two, then I will be worried be about careful. the Lakers. If they get down 3-2. to two. If it's 2-2, two to two, I'm still not worried about the Lakers. Well, two the to only two. thing he will be because he, he, he <laughs> You don't want that. Offense. We're not looking for 2-2. <laughs> two <to> two. <laughs> That's not what we want to deal with. Oh. We don't want to fall into that. We were up 2-0, even though the Clippers were up 3-1 and it closed the gap. We don't want that gap closing to 2-2 because at that point, it gets the real tightness. tightness. Look at we you making the narrative if that happens. No, actually. we don't want that. And then the All nuggets, I'm saying, yeah. though, is that the Nuggets packed the paint last night. And one of the things the Lakers cannot do is just settle for outside jumpers. I mean, we've talked what about you, this. What key. do you mean when you say pack the paint? So the box, right? Okay, I know, yeah, I know that. Okay. You saw the way they play defense. They didn't really overextend themselves last okay. night. So what happens sometimes when you see teams playing passing lanes, trying to deny passes or trying to get steals – that opens up lanes for LeBron James to attack the rim. 
It opens up lanes for AD to attack the rim. What you saw last night was AD not really attacking the rim, but he was floating around the perimeter, shooting a lot of jumpers. You guys shot 23% from the three-point line last night. Don't shoot as many threes. Don't let Denver dictate to you how you need to play. Dominate the paint because that's what your strong suit has been the entire series. <laughs> he just pushed Caruso in the video. But look, um, when, when LeBron was trying to go to the cup and everybody would – Crowd him. Yep. Is that packing? Yes. Okay, got it. Like they call it shrinking the court. Yeah, okay. Right? Like I much rather have KCP shoot a late contested three point shot than allowing, similar to the way the Houston Rockets did, LeBron just to come down and shoot layup after layup after layup after layup. No, that's how LeBron and AD find the rhythm. Like make them settle for contested but, shots. But if, I, but if I'm penetrating to the cup, yep. and all of a sudden I got three people collapsing on me the right place my next job is to kick exactly they've got to knock down those shots but you say don't take the shot don't don't allow denver to force us into taking long threes well what else we gonna do well you can always take a dribble in and shoot a mid-range jumper yeah but two is better i mean three is better than two right right, but you're not the houston rockets right you're not the houston rockets like you're the lakers like you you can there's a way you find your rhythm in basketball i don't know i'd be curious how you did this in football right maybe it's you know get a couple of um you know, underneath routes, get the get that rhythm early, catch the ball early, yeah. right? Same thing for basketball. You don't have to just take a thirty foot jumper. You can take a dribble in, shoot a mid range, find your rhythm, right? Get and your then get back, your back ladder, out, then back you... out. Okay, fair enough for sure. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business with specialized coverages for your commercial vehicles. Mark Progressive Commercial dot com. See, that's Coming why up, I like yeah. the show because I can get to education on exactly what to do when I'm hitting those jumpers on Jay. Oh, see how I did he, that. He played Question a little high school though. ball, what, you know. What, for, from a football perspective, is that let's run a couple underneath routes, like some check downs yeah, real quick. If you, ever notice, get... if you ever notice in a game when a quarterback is out of rhythm and he's getting his butt kicked, they change the course of how they call plays. Now all of a sudden they'll throw a little six-yard hitch, an underneath route, a screen to kind of calm things down to get him in rhythm. But I'm saying from you, from a wide, wide receiver perspective, like, do you not care? Could it be like No, just let me down? touch it. First let me down, you just, can throw a deep ball. Man, you, can go give get me, you just give me a reverse. I don't care what you – just mm. let me touch it. Mm. That's all. I don't, however you get it to me, let me get a feel for it. Let me get hit. And by the way, you wouldn't score on me. I would, I would beat it up. You seen that picture I, I was I sent. Block. <laughs> what picture is this? Hey, he sent a picture of me, me sitting down next no, to Evan. No, him and Evan standing next to each other. I was not standing. I was sitting down actually, in my Evan, chair. Evan, actually, I'm Evan sitting might in be. my chair, and Keyshawn says, who's taller between me and Evan? Gotcha. With our so, producer Evan standing and you sitting. Yes, let's see who Keyshawn is. All right, fair enough. Real quick, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And by the way, the last time the Nuggets were in the Western Conference Finals before (laughs) this year, George Carl was their head coach, and George will join us at 8.30. And who were they playing, Z? Kobe Bryant and the Los Angeles Lakers. I got to tell you, George Carl coached me at USA Basketball Mm. with Reggie Miller, uh, Baron Davis, Paul Pierce. And they, they, they all called me. I fell asleep on the bus. And BD put hot sauce on my lips while I was sleeping. I kept waking up, like, slapping my lips. So they all called me hot sauce. But George Carl, one of the all-time best coaches. And by the way, always tells you exactly how it is. He is a straight shooter. I covered him for years. Like, two players, two fans, two coaches, does not care, does not hold back. He's going to tell you. I've learned a lot from Zubin here recently. He's a real Denver fan. Not Nuggets, (laughs) just Denver. Because you, you kind of – every time something mentioned Denver, whether it's the Rockies or whether it's, it's the Broncos or the Nuggets, or, he goes, or the Avalanche or whatever. He's like, yeah, Denver. I covered Denver. I Denver, you Denver. You ever kicked it in Denver? 
No, but it's not. He 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 he. Uh, I'm asking covered, you. I know. No, nah, not really. I know. Denver's all right. Yeah, but I can't. Denver's a good time. I mean, it's cool, but I just nah. Yeah. Too cold for you. No, it's just not my. He's still not wearing socks, and it's it's getting close to fall in the, in New York City. I'm it's in cold a building. outside. I, but you still go outside. Yeah, I got socks on. It's not cold though. <laughs> Keyshawn San socks this morning. <laughs> so Again, Cali, I love it. George Carl coming up at eight thirty this morning, and that was a great series, and that turned on an Aaron inbounds pass. You may remember if you're a hardcore fan, remember those two teams in game number one. It's just the little things that sometimes can make the biggest of differences. So Key has diagnosed real quick. Key has diagnosed what he thought went wrong for the Lakers. What does AD think went wrong last night? First three quarters, they're more physical than us. They play more desperation. They play harder. They were getting some 50-50 basketballs. They were the aggressors. And they showed in the first three. And then in the fourth quarter, we started playing our style of basketball, able to get back, cut us a three. Had a chance to take the lead. You know, but when, when you're down, you know, 20, and you're trying to you know, battle back everything, you know, have to, has to go right, kind of have to have a perfect storm. And we had opportunities. Then they made plays at the end, but... You know, we just didn't come out very aggressive and, and physical tonight. You know, I, a lot of Laker fans were talking about this last night, and I agree with them all. I, I don't know why Frank Vogel continues to play JaVale McGee so much. Um, you know, I know Dwight Howard got a little bit in his own head last night, but still the physicality he brings to the table is a uh, drastically different approach on Jokic than JaVale McGee. And JaVale McGee in the first quarter, I mean, Jokic came out and set the tone for how the Nuggets were going to play. And the question we've been having about Jokic and before we hit the middle of the season was his conditioning. He was fat. I mean, Jalen Rose, who, you know, we do NBA countdown together, didn't call him uh, a stretch five. He called him a stretch mark five. Like, that's what he was calling him, <laughs> right? Because he was out of shape. And, I mean, catching COVID, the conditioning that he's in right now is top-line conditioning. And there were times that he plays the point forward, the point center Whatever, whatever role you want to call him on the team. And he was just driving the ball, attacking the JaVale McGee, attacking him all the time, up and under moves. And that really set the tone for how they were going to play. So it, it felt like Shaq used your line last night, Key. He was like, the Lakers came out here and they were cute. They were cute in the first two quarters. They were cute. And Denver set the tone. He didn't sound like that, though. No, he didn't sound like that, but he said They cute. were cute. They were cute. Deeper octave there. Yeah, they were cute. <laughs> they were cute. So we'll see what happens in Game 4 tomorrow night, ESPN Radio. Jay and the crew back tonight for countdown leading into the Heat and Celtics tonight in a big spot for Boston to see if they can get right back into this series, right back into some really interesting NFL questions here in just one minute from the guys. But first, let's go from A to Z. Let's start in the NBA. The Bulls have hired Billy Donovan as their head coach, which means the Thunder... Need a head coach. So do the Pelicans, the Pacers, the Sixers, and the Rockets. Donovan spent five years in OKC, made the playoffs all five years, but if they trade Chris Paul and it turns into somewhat of a rebuilding project, he said, I'm not sure about that. He declined a two-year contract extension before the season began, but you would think the Bulls are also in a rebuilding mode themselves. So Billy Donovan has filled a coaching vacancy. The Las Vegas Raiders coach John Gruden and the Saints coach Sean Payton have been both been Find $100,000 by the NFL for not wearing masks on Monday night football. Gruden kind of had it around the chin area. I didn't see anything with Peyton. Remember, Peyton has overcome coronavirus. It's a little strange that he would take that particular attack. You might recall earlier in the week, Vic Fangio of the Denver Broncos, Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks, and Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers all fined $100,000 for being too loose on the mask restrictions in the NFL. Every single organization, by the way, also fined a quarter of a million dollars. And Jose Ramirez, who is one of the most underrated players in all of baseball, 
put the Indians in the postseason last evening with two outs in the 10th. He gave him a 5-3 win over the White Sox when he went yard for the three-run blast. Congratulations to Keys Dodgers. They also clinched the NL's top postseason seed. So that best of three in the first round will all be played at Chavez Ravine. It's their eighth straight division title key with the clap to commemorate it with a 7-2 victory over the Oakland Athletics, who are also, of course, headed to the playoffs. That is A to Z, and we are setting up for our weekly game here on Wednesday where we simply take a juicy question. And by the way, all these are going to be NFL questions, and we give the guys the opportunity to fill in the blank. Fellas, this is the straight fire NFL edition. We got all five and all of them are NFL related. Let's run into it. Here we go, Key. The biggest overreaction from week two of the NFL season, now it's in the books, has been fill in the blank. For me, the Arizona Cardinals, they're headed to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the way everybody's acted after they went 2-0. and They it's beat up opinion. on... Huh? It's a cute opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're they're headed to the Super Bowl. That's what it's like. Slow down, man. I understand that they beat up on Washington. They beat a 49er team that lost in the Super Bowl that had a good team coming into the season despite having a bunch of injuries in the pre well, not even the preseason, the training camp. So when you look at it, Arizona to me, it's like everybody's going nuts over Arizona right now. Like just slow it down. Man, you better put some respect. On their names. I'm just you saying. You have put some respect on Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins' names. And let's talk. If you want to talk about Arizona for one second. Hold on. Let me pull this up. Give me one second. I'm going to pull this up because we're going to talk about this squad. Because I actually want you to pay attention to. You said it's only 0-2. So, no, 2-0. and 2-0. They're about to play at the Panthers. No Christian McCaffrey. They're about to play at the Jets. And then they play the Cowboys. They play the Lions, Panthers, Jets. So they're about to be walking into the game with the Cowboys. 5-0. and you know, you do, so I want you to keep bad, calling them. Bad I want you to the keep Lions, calling them cute. But wait, as bad as the Lions looked last year in this year so far, they struggled to tie the Lions last year. Okay, that's well, all you, I'm saying. So and the, take, and the Lions should have won the game that they lost to uh, Chicago. They yeah. lost that well, game Swift, on Mitch Swift. Trubisky late in the fourth quarter. If Swift catches the ball, it's a touchdown game over. Well, I mean, you're the person that says up here all the time, if I could, if I, I would have, I understand right? that, we, but we, don't we, act like they just got a cakewalk. That's all I'm saying. So you taking the Lions? You I taking might. The Lions? I, I wait till I pick my game. <laughs> Whatever. Wait. You know, I, I'm going to say uh, the biggest overreaction for week two has been, I mean, the Texans, right? Everybody's been worried about what's wrong with the Texans. And look, Anthony Weaver, first year as a D.C., uh, you think about this team, uh, obviously you lost, lost DeAndre Hopkins, one of the main targets. You think about Tim Kelly, uh, OC for this team, figuring out his own way. Plus, they played against the Chiefs and the Ravens. I know their next game is at the Steelers, but just take a, take a pause for a second. The Texans are going to be okay. Yep, at Pittsburgh. That will be. That's going to be tough. They will. But they're going to be okay. We talked I mean, about- you should go bet on Arizona to win the Super Bowl. You should do that. I didn't say that. Some good odds on I'll, that. I'll right? take them to beat the Lions, though. I bet you ain't going to take the Lions. When I pick my games, man. Oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> this is something we've been hot on all morning long. For those of you just joining us, so this is something Jay's been hot on. Quote, it's fill in the blank to pay running backs big money. It's okay. It's okay to pay the running backs big money. Why not? I mean, they, they're part of your team. Christian McCaffrey is a pretty good running back. Ezekiel Elliott is a pretty good running back. You know, Saquon Barkley, if he would have stayed healthy, I would have extended him in two years. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Big I money, mean, guys. The, 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 those guys in their second contracts 
it's okay to give them that three years of money. I mean, everybody looks at Ty Gurley, right? The latest example of somebody that kind of fizzled out. Mm -hmm. He helped lead his team to a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, They paid him the year before. There was nothing wrong with giving him that money for the next three years. So I would make two blanks. He said, it's okay. I would say, is it okay? Is it okay? It's a question now. Yeah, I I mean, Chiefs, Damian Williams, Patriots, Sonny Michelle. Eagles, LeGarrette Blunt, Patriots, LeGarrette Blunt, Broncos, C.J. Anderson, Patriots, LeGarrette Blunt, Seahawks, Marshawn Lynch, Ravens, Ray Rice, Giants, Ahmad Bradshaw, Packers, James Starks. I mean, okay. But none of those guys except two Marshawn of Lynch them, was the only one that really was two, paid. Two of them was Ray Rice. I think Ray and, Rice got paid afterwards. Well, because he went to, he probably went to the Super Bowl. I know, but that's what I'm saying. For the value you had of him at the time, you, he, didn't have, he wasn't on the big-time contract. And it, so it, it you just, can it just, get value from it. There's no question about it. But I'm not devaluing running backs. I'm not saying that they don't have value. I'm just saying to what extent are we going to pay running backs if you're seeing a list of running backs that haven't been paid that extraordinary money and they've won Super Bowls. Yeah, are looking at from a GM dudes, perspective. Them dudes that, that we're talking about, though, they're later round guys or or they're either later round guys or they're somewhat – pedestrian running backs and bounce around guys. So I got this stat for you too, Key. Last season, there were 15 running backs who rushed for over 1,000 yards. Only six were drafted in the first round. I mean, you can get quality QBs. You can get quality running backs in later rounds. Oh, no question you can. No question you can. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And no question. I'm not trying to take money from anybody's pocket. I want everybody to be paid. Yeah, get him, Twitter. I'm just saying. Let's try to run through these real quick here if we can. And uh, the one thing I wanted to mention, all those guys that Jay mentioned, those were Super Bowl winning running backs. So obviously there is something there. All right, so the Broncos signed. Oh, Denver, oh, hey, I got to calm down. The Broncos uh, picked up Blake Bortles yesterday. They needed him. He was out of the league, believe it or not. Uh, But not signing Colin Kaepernick. Key, the Broncos not signing Colin Kaepernick is? It's fine. It was never going to happen. Elway no, was not going to sign Kaepernick. I mean, I've moved on from the conversation of signing Kaepernick. I'm with him on everything he stands for. I have moved on on dealing with teams trying to sign Kaepernick. Especially I, the Broncos. I, I get They've it. They're Elway, not going to do it. I, my brain has, is exhausted from that. We know, we know he can play. I'm tired of trying to advocate for him to get back in the lead and playing when they're not listening. But I'm for everything else that he's rolling with. I'm rolling with him on everything, Let's except roll, trying to get back in the league. Which, likely, Keith's point, probably is not going to happen. It just doesn't feel if it hasn't happened yeah. by now. Let's roll Whatever. through these last two. The Vikings, off to an 0-2 start, will win fill-in-the-blank games this season. Cousins threw for 113 Ooh. on Sunday. 113. Was your Man, I'm going to try to give them eight games. Eight? That's yeah, round. I'm going to try to get them to 500. Their defense better step up. <laughs> I'm just trying to, because Kirk Cousins, man, I don't know. Man, I, I just – I don't know. <laughs> I just never – Jay, it, do you know? There's a reason. <laughs> see, for me, there's a, always a reason that you allow your starting quarterback to go because he ain't good. And so when Washington decided to not keep him, I'm like, why would you sign him? It's the same thing I went through when I was a rookie, and we had we signed Neil O'Donnell that was appeared in a Super Bowl. The quarterback. But the quarterback, but yep. the Steelers decided to let him go. They was like, ah, nah, we'd rather deal with uh, Tom Zack or somebody. Mike Tom Zack yeah, reference. I, wow. yeah, it was like either Mike, Mike Tom Zack or somebody like that. <laughs> I, I'm just, and I was just like, Mike Tom I'm, I'm just worried about the Vikings' <laughs> defense. I mean, 43 points week one, 28 points week two, going against the Titans next. 
at Texans, at Seahawks, Falcons, at Packers, Lions, Bears, they should get. Cowboys, no. Panthers, maybe they'll get three. You Jack, can't find eight? Maybe seven? Man. See, and, and Coach Mike Zimmer is my guy. 7.5 and bet on it. Yes. Mike Zimmer is my guy. Take it. Somebody <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I give them eight, though. I, I, I think they can get eight. And as Key has mentioned a couple times this week, Zimmer also got a huge contract extension in the offseason. So, yeah. hey, it's a rough patch. Rick Spillman. Their GM. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's coming off of Cousins' first playoff win, too, in dramatic fashion against the Saints. They were literally looking to take the next step. They haven't been able to do it. On the way here next, Jay mentioned he knew George Carl from USA Basketball, but George Carl knows the Nuggets like nobody else. He took him to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. What does he think, almost a decade later, of this Western Conference Finals between the Nuggets and the Lakers? We'll get his expert analysis on the way when he joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line next. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's walk right over to the Shell Pennzoil performance line. We welcome in George Carl, one of the NBA's greatest coaches of all time. If wins mean anything to you, he's in the 1,000 win club. There's only nine people that can ever say they have done that. George was also the coach of the Nuggets the last time they went to the Western Conference Finals in 08-09. That was a 54-win Nuggets team that really energized the city in an incredible way, and he joins us this morning. Coach, as you look at the current iteration of the Nuggets, especially after last night, what's the biggest thing you see? Well, I see. I think the biggest thing you see right now is two young players are figuring out how to win in the playoffs, and uh, I mean, the first game it was Jokic. I mean, game two it was Jokic. Last night it was Murray. They got a great. They got a lot of performance out of their bench, and I'm excited. They, they, they're defending well, and the Lakers, if they don't get in the, in the open court, uh, they they have trouble scoring right now. So, I still think the Lakers got to be the favorite team, I and mean, you can't. Yeah, I, I still think that that's probably going to end up that way. But Denver has played closer to being really good than to being a team that's out. And they're they're growing up. They're just coming. They're, they're doing the right things. They're, they're not getting intimidated by the stress of the situation. And they play better when their backs are against the wall. Coach Carl, Jay Williams here. How's my favorite North Carolina guy doing? <laughs> Well, I'm, I still don't like the school eight miles down the road, but, you know, I, I have tremendous respect for you and Duke University and Coach K and all the greats that have come out of there. But we've had a lot of fun over the years, Jay. I'm with you, Coach. What, what did you see last night from Jeremy Grant? I mean, he scored 26 points, but people don't understand how difficult it is to guard LeBron and AD, uh, a job he actually took passion in doing. <laughs> 
Uh, well, he was the key to the game. I mean, they needed they needed a third scorer. Jokic came out and scored early, but he didn't have to score the thirty or thirty five points. And a lot of games, he seems like he has to do. Uh, everybody else was involved too. Mo, uh, Morris gave a good good shot in the arm, and uh, Millsap wasn't great, but it was okay. And uh, it seems like right now the the series almost goes how the role players, the other players. Uh, play are the ones that kind of lift and energize the team to win. Coach, can you describe the difference for me, uh, Jamal Murray, in this postseason compared to previous postseasons? Yeah, I, I, I see a guy that loves the fourth quarter, that plays big in the fourth quarter. And uh, right now, I think Jokic and Murray are playing as well as anyone in the playoffs and have played as well as anyone in the playoffs down the stretch. They have a confidence in the fourth quarter if the game is going the right way, that they're going to one, they're going to come back and make a run at you, or two, they have the confidence to win the game with a lead like they did last night. Really incredible to see the Nuggets fight back, and anybody that's been watching Nuggets basketball the last couple of years in the playoffs knows that when their backs are against the wall, seven-game series last year <laughs> against Portland before that, seven games against San Antonio in the first round, and obviously the 3-1 comebacks this season, never been done in a single postseason, rallying against Utah, rallying against the Clippers. Let's see if they can clip that other L.A. team, game number four, Thursday night, 9 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Coach Carl, really appreciate the perspective this morning and really appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Coach. Good morning, guys. All right, Coach. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. That's the 1,000-win club, Jay. I mean, mean, the 1,000-win club. There are not 10 people in NBA history that have done that. He's in that group. Those old teams with Seattle, if you're old enough to remember what they did in the mid-'90s, he did an incredible job. He's a great NBA coach. Not not sure if Coach is on the West Coast, uh, but still really appreciate him joining the call. And I I will tell you this, you know, playing USA basketball, play with him and Reggie Miller and uh, Ray Allen, these guys – the, the plays that he was able to draw up like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the most complicated, complex, but simple plays, the way he was able to articulate that, convey that. Can you know how important that is? Your coach being able to say, hey, this is what we want to do, but it sounds simple even though it doesn't look simple. I think I always think that was one of his superpowers. Look, can I say one thing? With both of you guys being parents, I think one of the great things that I, I happened to cover uh, Coach Carl for most of his career there, most of Carmelo's career. I worked in uh, Denver for six years. And one of the great moments, and you know, I know your daughter, how old is you? Two years old? She's two daughter? years. About yeah, turn two, October 10th. And Key, obviously, you've got grown children and young children. When uh, George Carl's son, I think you guys would appreciate this. Kobe. He played at, Kobe. He played at Boise State. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he actually he was on, you know, a couple NBA rosters for a minute here or there. He came in to do a combine workout. For the Nuggets, you know, why not? Let's just see what we got, you know. Uh, he was involved with the Lakers G League team. Uh-huh. There were some things. Um, but to see the look on Carl's face when his son walked in, I don't know if we're going to draft him. I don't know if he could even get any minutes. Or we have, you know, the summer league team or whatever it is. But to see his son walk in, because they always give you the jersey of the team you're working out with, right? So to see him walk in in those powder blue uniforms and, the, you know, jump 45, <laughs> whatever you're supposed to do and hit that thing in the air, the look on his face as a dad was unreal. My son is working out for my NBA team. It's pretty cool. And Kobe came with him everywhere. I mean, Kobe was with us for the entire USA basketball trip. The entire time, working out with guys after the game, working out with guys after practice, and actually could compete. I, I love Kobe. Kobe, I haven't spoken to him in years, obviously, uh, but uh, George has done an incredible job with him as well. 
No question about it. Just a reminder, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin brought to you by Sport Clips. It's a new season at Sport Clips Haircuts. All stylists, clean certified, guys smart. Get yourself back in the game. Sport Clips MVP experience. Enjoy a hot steam towel, relaxing shampoo, and winning cut. Check it online. Walk out with confidence. On the Shell Pennzoil performance line at 930, fellas, Coach O from LSU with the SEC ready to be back this weekend. Their September 26th start date. They called for it. They are going to hit it. We're also presented by Progressive Insurance. Speaking of college football, still to come, should the playoff be pushed back after Notre Dame and other teams are suffering outbreaks when they need to be playing on Saturdays to hit their mandated amount of games? Or will that number change and the playoff date change from January 1? Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, we're talking NBA all morning long. Lakers tough one last night. Could be a tough night for the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics. We'll see Jay and the crew with the NBA countdown leading into the big one in the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. So plenty of NBA to get to. We'll have a champion by the middle of next month. We'll have waited 11 months as Jay's got the perfect shooting form on ESPN News. That's the longest wait ever for any NBA champion. 11 months until you crown a champion. When you think about the start of the season, the stoppage, and when we crown one in October. Now, here's something interesting. We're going to crown a college football champion. The question is who? when oh, or who? Who's, who's probably the best one, right? Who's going to win it? Who's going to win it? And when are we going to do it? Right now, tentatively slated, the college football playoff will be played January 1 with the uh, semifinal games. It'll be the Rose Bowl and the All-State Sugar Bowl. And then they'll play the championship game as is they normally do couple Mondays later, January 11th, they'll crown a champion in Miami. But key with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, Notre Dame canceling a game this weekend, TCU and SMU had to cancel a game, Virginia and Virginia Tech has been put off. I mean, we could go just do a litany list down the line. Any chance you think the playoff might be delayed a little bit here just with the idea that uh, the virus does not discriminate and it is in control and college football is not? It seems that 
it would be delayed. It, it seems that way because obviously we still have teams that have to play and schools have to play, and we don't know where this thing is headed. We could come back next week and two or three games could get canceled or come back a week later, a game or two will get canceled for teams that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen at Alabama or Ohio State or Michigan or some of these other teams that have the opportunity to possibly play. And it plays zero games to this point. And they play zero games to this point. And I would think that, much like Jay Will said about a week or so ago when it was announced that the Big Ten Conference was going to come back and start play, you want to have the best schools in the playoff, right? Because it, it's a, a economic-driven uh, situation. And so you look at it and you say, okay, if they're, if they're going to do this thing in mid-January and they're pushing it back to the end of January, early February – what does that say? Does that mean that now you have some of your players that have opted in or opted out and opted back in, mm-hmm. they going to opt out again because they now got to think about their future even more in combines, in, in all-star games, East-West game, hula bowls, and, and senior bowls, all of the different games that they got to play in to get ready for the NFL to showcase their skills. The combine will be coming up. You typically need about seven weeks or so to be ready for the combine. Now, mm. if you're closer to February, that only leaves you probably about five weeks to get ready for the combine. So all of those sort of things have to be thought out and talked about. One of the best lines I've heard maybe about 13 years ago was appreciate your position while planning your promotion. We're having a technical problem oh, with Jay's mic. We'll try to keep it on and off. Is, is it on now? Now Can I hear you. Hear me? Okay. I do hear you. One of the best lines I heard about 10 years ago was appreciate your position while planning your promotion. So while I want every athlete in college football to appreciate their position, that they're going to be in a position to play as the Big Ten is coming back, we still don't know what the Pac-12 is going to do. I do not want them to miss the mark about planning for their promotion. And what I mean by that is now is the time to ask for what you want. Do not miss the mark by not leveraging the power that you do have. And I'm going to keep reminding the athletes. I know fans might get frustrated by me doing so, but – if you're coming, if you're coming back to play in the midst of a pandemic, which is still occurring, by the way, yes, Rage still occurring, daily. by the way, two hundred thousand. Ask fast. for lifelong health insurance. Mm-hmm. Ask for it. Like, and I'm getting frustrated because I want to make sure that all the attention and all these narratives have been spun to how many games are we going to play? What's going to happen with college football playoffs? Will they be postponed? Will that wait until the end of January? What are we going to be, do about you know the draft? All these things. And I don't want to lose sight of what players were originally worried about before with Players United when they were coming out talking about, hey, can we share a rev share? Can we have lifelong health insurance? Key, it just feels like we've forgotten. Players have forgotten about all that stuff now that everybody's so excited to be playing again. Well, I don't, did they forget about it or, or are they just not concentrating on it because, like you said, they're – the football's right in front of them. So now that they're back, they're playing, it's not a focus. But then we fall back into the same cycle that we always get back into, right? It's like, hey, now everybody has, you know, we all have it, ADHD, right? Heightened sensitivity, like moving on from like Twitter and social media, yeah. Instagram, all these other things. I'm getting distracted. Short but what was my original purpose for being here in the first place? I forgot, right? right? right. I forgot what happened last week. My, it's our job not to let the players forget what happened last week. Well, it's also it's also our job, but it's also, in my opinion, the administrators at the universities to step up and, you know, step up. It's they, you know, you want us to play, we're going to play. 
Now, step up. You know what we talked about early on. You know some of those things. So let's present that to us as we continue to try to get football going. When you say administrators, though, athletic directors, their job is to make as much money for this university via the athletic department as possible. A school president could be different. Like Michigan and Michigan State school president, the Big Ten is yet to play. They're both medical doctors, right? So maybe their vision is a little bit different. So when you say administrators, you're talking at the very, very, very top, right? Because the guys that run the athletic department. I'm talking about the presidents. The chancellor. The the chancellors. Board of Regents. Board of Regents. They're not going to do that. But just... If they are, I, I don't know if they will, right? I yeah. mean, if they if they really being real about it and step up, have that conversation. I mean, I, I've heard John there's Calipari nothing, talk there's about nothing this. There's nothing wrong with having the conversation. What I, are you scared of? I think we need more coaches to step up because, you know, coaches look at making a lot of money. And I've heard John Calipari say this. He's like, look, I make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Players should be able to make a lot of money too, right? Like he's made them a lot. He's of made them a lot of money. I mean, I've heard Coach K say this. So, my thing is, and he's came on, but it's like we had Brian Kelly on our show a couple of days ago. Now, I wasn't here, but Brian Kelly said, we, right? Did yeah, he was here, Notre Dame's head coach. No, Absolutely. but I'm saying was I, I don't think I was here. I think it was the day after I did one of the really late okay. NBA games. I, I wasn't but sure. Brian Kelly said, hey, we're going to play football, right? We're, like, we're safe. Look what's happened right now with that. Right. So all I'm saying, and I'm not saying that Brian Kelly is not advocating for players to do this. I just don't want us to lose sight of the mark and the fact that we're, we are asking players who aren't being paid money to play to all of a sudden say, Hey, with all these questions that we have looming about long-term effects and who knows, go play. Well, that's why I've always said, don't play until you, especially until you get what you're supposed to get out of the deal. We should also mention that Brian Kelly happened to join us. That was the day the big 10 announced its return. And what was interesting, we brought him, if you were with us that morning, just to recap, Brian Kelly was in a team meeting. So he stepped out of the team meeting to take our call. Thank you, coach. And the first thing we asked him was, hey, coach, this is breaking. The Big Ten is back. We'll figure out the schedule later, but they are back and committed to playing October 23rd, 24th. Remember what Brian Kelly said? He didn't know. News to me. So the idea really is that even though I'm sure he's got, to your point, long-term, short-term plans, in the moment, these guys aren't even thinking about this because they've got so many other responsibilities. Well, he was in the trying ACC. to, as, as he said, he was trying to work on their red zone offense. He right. Well, it, that was more his concern. But think that, about that. That goes exactly to my point, right? So there's a there's a lot of moving parts, right? Very fluid. You have to adapt and pivot very quickly on the fly. Coaches are doing that. Like, what schemes are we in? How do I get my team prepared? Who's going to be my starting quarterback? Who? What's COVID protocol? Who has COVID? Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? Administrators are trying to figure this, figure this out. From a revenue perspective, how much money are we going to make? How many games are we actually going to be allowed to have? So everybody is having their own priorities about what their responsibilities are. I just want the players to still have their priorities about what their responsibility is as well. As well. Real quick point, because you guys were recruited to the to the nth degree. I mean, everybody wanted you guys to play I wasn't college. going to Duke, but go ahead. <laughs> but you were highly, it's obviously highly coveted wide receiver. I'm sorry. And obviously you had your choice of colleges to go to. One quick thing. A lot I know of your ass ain't talking. <laughs> hey, hey now. One quick thing I just wanted to mention that people don't realize. It used to be National Signing Day when the high school kids would put the caps on and say where they're going to send the... The only time a fax machine is still ever used in American society. That day has moved from February to December. So it's just a little bit of an issue. Yeah. If you push the season back, you can ask Coach O, you can ask any coach we're going to have on how important recruiting is. It is really important that recruiting has been moved out of February and back to December, especially if we're going to push the season back. Yeah, I, I, I prefer it to be in February and not in December. Yeah, but, but it also it allows the coaches to really get an evaluation and the players to not be stressed about – scholarship limitations to be gone, things like that. I went through the whole process 
with my son and their signing date was in February, although there was a light period in December. So he could sign in December and be there in the spring. It just makes all the sense in the world to be back in February. Still to come, Jay is heading over to Get Up. So if you want more of Jay's thoughts on the NBA, flip on over yeah, to get ESPN. Out. In return. <laughs> no, not Get Out. Get Up. Dan Graziano <laughs> and an analyst to be named later. We'll have Dan talking NFL next. Jay's on ESPN. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.